All righty, everybody. Good morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Saturday morning, the day before two conference finals. And uh, as I said the other day, I really do think the four best teams in football are remaining here, Wiz. I'm, I'm super excited for these football games. And uh, I think they have they're very difficult calls. We can see these games go in either direction. How are you doing today, Wiz? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm uh, looking forward to these games. I mean, you just look at this and you have, you know, the two, you know, two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football, kind of like, you know, not saying they're at the end of their career, you know, it's certainly not, I don't feel to where like I felt Brady and Rivers were, but certainly, you know, they're in the twilight of their career. I'm talking about, of course, Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They, I'm sure they both have several good years of great football left in them, but certainly two of the legends of the game. And then the other championship game, you have a feeling that there's a, a strong chance that in 10, 12 years, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to be where these two great quarterbacks are now, you know, considered two of the greats uh, as well, two gunslingers. And uh, there's a lot to be excited about uh, for football tomorrow. And, uh, you know, uh, these, these they, they have the makings to be two terrific football games. So I'm, I'm going to give you a, a, an almost astonishing statistic. Uh, if you look at the last 32 games, if you take it, it it's in different variations, okay? So, so the Green Bay Packers are coming in on a seven-game winning streak. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming here on a six-game win streak. The Bills have won eight in a row. The only loss was that loss uh, to... Uh, uh, the Hale Murray play uh, a number of weeks ago. So they've won eight in a row. And the Kansas City Chiefs are the only team that's lost recently, and that was in week 17 when they rested all their players. There was no Patrick Mahomes. They're 11-0 and in their last 11 games with Patrick Mahomes. So when we talk about the four best teams in football, I think these teams have basically shown you why they're as hot as they are, why they're playing the way they are. And, you know, the, the lines are, are reflective of that in this particular instance where, uh, you know, I think these, these games can go – personally, I think they can go either way. Um, it, it, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just think you're dealing with the four best teams that are left in, in football right now. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. And so, yeah, it's a, great, it's a great stat. But what I find unbelievable, if you, you delve into that stat a little further, is – the Chiefs, I think, covered zero amount of those games. Like, I think the uh, the opposing team covered every one of those games uh, or pushed or maybe yeah. the one against the Saints. I actually looked but at like, that. The last nine games, they are 1-8 and eight against the spread. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then the one they covered, they made one by three in, like, some places at two and a half, maybe, like, the same game or, or it was one of those games. But, no, that definitely – yeah, so why don't we get right into it? Let's talk about the uh, two games. And the, the first game is at uh, three o'clock, right? Uh, Tampa Bay and uh, and Green Bay. So <clears throat> once you have that, tell us who you like, uh, which team you like, and uh, which players in the game uh, you like as well. For those that are going to be playing the DraftKings special on Sunday. Yeah, so so I think I think the one interesting thing here is that you know when you when you look when you look at Green Bay, uh, you know they they have managed to 
you know, play really good football. They're, they're starting to play well on actually both sides of the ball. And on offense, it's it's kind of changed up a little bit, right? They're running the football more effectively, which which goes against the the obvious prime weapon of, of the Tampa Bay defense, and, and it's their run stopping. And interestingly enough, they are going to get Vita Vea back in this ballgame. I, I just saw that they, they're activating him. You know, he was a real key to their run stopping uh, early in the season. He went down with an injury, but he's going to play in this game, obviously, as conditioning is not going to be uh, what it was having missed so many weeks, but he will, he will be playing in this football game. Um, you know, it, it, it's also fascinating that in, in both of these matchups, it, it's, it's a, it's a, they're repeat matchups. They squared off against each other in week six. Both of these teams did, but we're, we're talking about Green Bay Tampa right now. So in that first matchup, it was a 38-10 victory by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. It wasn't an illustrious passing game by either quarterback. I think it was the lowest output of the year for, for Aaron Rodgers. I think he had 166 yards passing in that ball game, And even Brady did very little, actually. Uh, I, I think, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Ronald Jones actually had a pretty good ball game, over 100 yards. So I think the interesting thing in this particular game uh, is the ability to run the football. Can either of these teams establish that? So... I'm not sure of that. Weather is going to be quite cold. Uh, I think this game is going to be one in the air. I think these are two quarterbacks that are not impacted by that. You know, there's a number of things going on here, right? So uh, you, you very correctly noted what was going on in the Tampa Bay passing attack last week. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was being held in to to block and Cameron Brait was going out to pass. Uh, was going out on, on pass routes. So I think that's something that will continue, uh, given, given the injuries uh, to that offensive line for Tampa Bay. And we do know that Green Bay can rush the quarterback. I think in addition to that, uh, you know, Antonio Brown is not going to play in this football game. It's not that, you know, a guy like Brait, Scotty Miller will step up. You could see Tyler Johnson in this ballgame, who actually scored a touchdown against Green Bay early, earlier in the year. Uh, you know, Brady has other weapons to go to. I think the rapport between him and Chris Godwin has been reestablished. I think the one thing is here is, is, the, is Green Bay has established that Alexander is actually a shutdown corner. I think he's going to spend most of his time on Mike Evans. Um, and I think like last week where Mike Evans disappointed a bit against Jalen Ramsey, that's the one matchup where when I look at when I look at the numbers and expectations coming into this game where I think people can be in for some disappointment because Green Bay has been able to stop the opposing team's receiver, uh, number one receiver, very well these days. So I actually like the Green Bay Packers in this game. Uh, my heart says Tampa Bay. Uh, Green Bay has won seven games in a row by over seven points. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing with renewed confidence. I mentioned the rushing game. I mentioned the stopping, uh, uh, the, the pass stopping of, of Alexander. So I think Green Bay wins this game, I, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of like nine to 10 points. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with them laying just a few points, but I, I, I like the Green Bay Packers in this football game uh, to go to the Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers has a definitive chip on his shoulder. Uh, this is not to take anything away from what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done. Obviously, they have an opportunity to play in their home stadium, which has not done but been done before. But I'm leaning towards the Green Bay Packers in this particular game. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you could talk me into, uh, you know, liking Green Bay or what you, the reasons, you know, they, they, they all make sense. I mean, the way I look at this game is I, I'm just trying to figure out Tampa Bay's defense. Last week, it looked like they had 20 guys on the field on defense. And was that because of no Taysom Hill, no Latavius Murray, 
Drew Brees unable to really hurt the other team downfield? You know, or was it, you know, their their defense is getting their mojo back and they're going to get their nose tackle back, like you said. And um, and it's it just it's just tough because, you know, you want to give their defense credit, but you just know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to do a lot of things with moving out of the pocket and making throws, extending plays, and hurting you down the field with some big, big plays. Plus, that Tampa Bay defense, especially the, the linebackers, White and, and David, are, are, they're a speed defense. And that, that Saints, can, you know, the field surface was just is perfect for a speed defense. Now it's most likely to be cold and maybe some snow on the ground. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just wondering what that's going to look like for them. But I feel it's going to be a, a tough game either way. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I will say this, I don't have as much confidence in Green Bay as you do. Now, would I be shocked if they won by those eight to 10 points or, you know, like you're predicting? Absolutely not. But I would not be shocked if Tampa Bay won this game outright as well. I don't really have a feel for the game, you know, definitely not nearly as strong as you do. So, We'll definitely get the players and DraftKings and player props in the games afterwards. So I'm going to, for me, as far as a game, I'm going to take a pass on the game from a wagering standpoint. And um, you're suggesting that you lay, you know, you're going to lay the three or three and a half points in in the game? Yeah, I'm going to lay the three and three and a half points. And also looking closely to Aaron Rodgers has just, I mean, this, I mean, look, the guy's been around a long time. Uh, there was a lot of question marks. You and I know we were so skeptical about Aaron Rodgers coming into this year, you know, with his relationship with LaFleur, the drafting. I mean, it seems like the Jordan Love's dra- uh, drafting of Jordan Love, we have completely forgotten that that took place at this point in time. This is a guy who in his last seven games, 24 touchdowns, one interception. It just seems like he can do no wrong at the moment. And I think the fact that they're in the friendly confines of Lambeau, it just makes it that much more enticing for me. And look, this doesn't take anything away from Tampa Bay. We know Tom Brady, if any quarterback is going to be able to handle this, it's him. He's played his whole career in New England, though he's very happy in South Florida right now. But he, if any player is used to this, it's Tom Brady. This is this is this is where he made his livelihood in cold weather in January. Uh, and, and you know, it's it's a, it's going to be a Tom Brady day, and we know what he's been capable of doing. He's got elite players on offense. You know, I did mention, and I, I will say this: you know, you talk about sprinkling guys in and DraftKings and and player props and so like You know, Scotty Miller. I believe Scotty Miller and Cameron Brate, if not both of them. Uh, but one of them will make a statement in this particular ball game uh, because I just think that's you know Tom Brady has a he's got this little connection with Scott Miller. Uh, he's able to he's able to get him the ball down the field now and again. Like I said, I think Mike Evans will be getting a lot of attention. But but and, and you noted very correctly, like I said, the Gronkowski staying in to block more. So I see both of those players as being effective weapons in this game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will definitely get into the you know the the DraftKings uh, from each game and, and player props as well. Uh, I, you know I just feel like both defenses kind of get went up against teams that were not at full strength. I mean, not you know I, I don't want to fail to mention you know I, I didn't mention about Latavius Murray and Tavis, uh, Taysom Hill not playing and Drew Brees not being 100. percent I'm not quite sure Mike Evans. I mean not Mike Evans. Mike Thomas was 100. percent So while I seem I, I feel strongly that um, Tampa Bay did not go up against the Saints offense that was 100%. 
we can't be remiss in saying that, you know, that the Packers went up against a quarterback who had, a, you know, a thumb surgery that most people don't come back from for a month, come back and played in cold weather um, with a, a badly, you know, a bad thumb on his throwing hand. And then his, his, his blanket, his reliable Cooper Cup didn't play either in the game. I'm all concerned that, you know, Cam Akers is running a will and, the receivers were, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And uh, I don't know, both teams are going to be facing offenses that are much better equipped to score points this week. But let's move on. So can, um, I, can I just ask one question to you in this particular game? And we talk about the strength of the defense, of the, the run defense, particularly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and it's been notable how the performance of the Green Bay running game has really kind of gotten going here. Um, do you think that that's kind of potentially where this kind of matchup gets decided? Uh, i.e. If, if Green Bay cannot run the ball, um, you know, one of those games where they're only able to get whatever, 40 to 60 yards rushing against against this elite rush defense, you know, they aren't able to get any of those guys on track. I, I, you know, it's at this point in time, I think A.J. Dillon is going to play. You know, we talked about him being kind of the prototypical player. Uh, obviously, he's a rookie, but the prototypical player to be playing in January in, in, in Lambeau Field. I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how that if Green Bay can actually run the ball effectively against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, and another thing, you know, while I'm talking about not being at full strength, the best defensive player in the entire NFL, Aaron Donald, was nowhere near 100%. He barely played in the game. Uh, he, he was on the sidelines for most of the game. So their defense was not at full strength either going up against that Green Bay offense. So both teams went against, you know, teams that were not nearly at full strength on offense and defense. And to answer your point, yeah, I think, you know, both teams are looking at it like, Anything we could get on the running game is going to be, you know, is going to, it could be a factor. But I think Tampa Bay will be able to run the ball. And I think eventually, you know, the game will be on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers if he could carry that team. Um, because it, it's just not easy to run against that team now that they're getting, uh, you know, their, their full strength. Um, with their nose tackle back, who's he, who's who's missed more than half the year, uh, that's going to be a big factor as well. So uh, I think Tampa Bay will try and run the ball a lot and will be successful. I think you know with AJ Dillon, he's the type of player that I think could have the most success running the ball um, in this game. But I think eventually um, Tampa Bay will have better will have better results running it. How much Aaron Rodgers could carry this burden on his shoulders? his right shoulder specifically throwing the ball will, will eventually be, you know, what decides it. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see going either way. I'm not as confident as you with the Green Bay pick, but I agree that, you know, running the ball in this type of game will be um, will be a key. So, yeah, let's get to the second game. Where I, I do have a much stronger opinion. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to let you start off then because I actually – I'm so torn on this game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you on this one. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll give my input afterwards, but I, I'm in the same place as you were in the first matchup, where I do not, I can't get a grasp on this particular ball game. Yeah, I I like Buffalo, and I don't mean getting the three or three and a half. I mean I certainly like them getting the three, three and a half. But I, I think Buffalo is the better team right now. I think Buffalo is going to win the game, and you know. 
people keep making these excuses to Kansas City, and I, and I get that. You know, they're eight, nine-point favorites against these teams, and, you know, it doesn't matter if they cover, you know, they won the game. But, you know, they're just not playing sharp to me. They're just not. And in that Week 16 matchup, a game at home against Atlanta, they just needed to win the game, and then they'd be able to rest their guys. They got outplayed in that game. It took a last drive in the last couple of minutes of the game against Atlanta at home, who teams have been, some teams have been scoring 30, 40 points on at will, and they barely won the game. And, um, and I just feel, watching Buffalo, that they're just a better team right now. And, 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 and more specifically, they're a much better team in the red zone. And, you know, people, uh, you know, just seem perplexed. Well, why? Look at that Kansas City offense. Look at those guys they have. Why is it when they get inside the 10-yard line do they struggle so much? And I think it's, it, if you look at the game and understand the game, it, it, there's a pretty some simple explanations. One is they've had the wrong guys in the backfield trying to run the ball. You know, when you score in the red zone, you have to really a lot of times be able to run the ball. And Edwards Allaire is, is going to be a terrific player, but he's not made the right decisions where to run the ball when they've given the ball in the red zone when he was playing for most of the season. He is, it doesn't make a lot of yards after contact. He can't use his elusiveness as much in the middle of the field or, you know, in the, in between the twenties as, as what's, you know, as what's called for in the red zone. That's one. Two is you know, they have explosive players on, on offense. But when you're on the defense and you're at the goal line, defending the goal line, you don't have to worry about Tyree Kill beating you for a 70-yard touchdown pass. So he's not as effective. That's why they give him a lot of jet sweeps and, and they run the ball with him and they try a lot of finesse stuff. Buffalo is much more physical. Josh Allen is willing to take off and run. If he has to, um, they're, they're just much more efficient in the red zone, which I think is going to be the crucial point in this game. And then on top of it, the concussion with Patrick Mahomes, players recover in, in a matter of days and they make it to the next game, you know, most of the time. That's not a big deal. To me, it's the foot injury. He is at his best when he's extending plays, running for first down, and and then looking to throw the ball deep as he breaks out of the pocket. I'm concerned about that injury. I think that that's the type of injury that could be aggravated easily once the game starts. And we certainly know about the mobility of Josh Allen. I'm concerned about that injury, the foot injury, and him not being able to have the ability to make first downs on crucial third downs with his feet and not being able to extend plays and just being a, a, a pocket passer, which he's certainly the best in the NFL at, but it's not his entire game. So for all of those reasons and the fact that Buffalo is just playing terrific week in, week out, Josh Allen learned a lot from that playoff last year. This is what teams do. They take a playoff loss, they learn from it, and then that's what pole vaults them to a championship in the I see Buffalo right now as the better team, and uh, I like the Buffalo Bills to win this game. So it's interesting. You're doing uh, some convincing for me here. So when I look back at the, the week one matchup that they had, uh, sorry, week six matchup, the first time that they played this year, I think it was a Tuesday night, if I'm not mistaken, one of these games that got pushed back because of uh, you know COVID issues and all that sort of stuff. It was a rainy night. 
and the Buffalo Bills uh, really couldn't do much offensively in that particular game because they weren't on the field at all. They only had the ball for 22 minutes in that particular game. Uh, you had 37 minutes of possession for Kansas City. They ran for 245 yards in that ball game, which I don't expect to happen this time around. Uh, number one, because Hilaire's not you know, 100% at this point in time. I'd actually argue they should be utilizing Darrell Williams more uh, in this instance. I would also say I think this is a different Buffalo defense than earlier in the season. They had a lot of key players that were injured early on. Matt Milano makes a huge difference in this defense, uh, and he's at, uh, he's making big play after big play. I think they have talented players like Tredavious White in their secondary. So I don't expect that type of advantage, despite the fact that the Buffalo Bills don't run the football and can't really run the football. I think the leading rusher in this game for them will most likely be Josh Allen. Um, but I think the fact that they will not be able to dominate the clock in the same way, Kansas City, and keep Buffalo off the field, I think that could be a potential issue here. So, uh, you know, I, I'm i a little bit concerned about the injury as well to Patrick Mahomes coming in. That's the apprehension that I have. Obviously, they are the Super Bowl champions. They're playing at home. The, 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 it, you know, you, you got to beat the champs to, to get to the dance, obviously. Uh, we've seen that with many sports teams over the years. Buffalo Bills are playing with a fun and swagger that probably nobody else in the league is playing. You know, they, they are having a good time. I think the rapport uh, between Diggs and Josh Allen has just been incredible to watch in such a short span of time. So, yeah, I, you know, I, if I had to lean in one direction, it would be the direction that you're talking about. And I think the Bills, you know, given all that situation that we've kind of just talked about here, they probably are the more compelling pick. I think the one thing is that does concern me is the inability of them to kind of grind out the clock. You know, maybe Singletary, they can get him going in the passing game a little bit. I think Cole Beasley as well has to be a bigger factor in this ballgame. I know John Brown was much more involved last week, uh, but, you know, I think, Josh, Josh, Brown, uh, Josh Allen might have to drop back 40 or 50 times in this ball game, and it might be using the short passing game as a running game to kind of keep that clock going and keep Kansas City off the field a bit uh, as, a, as a means of a, of a, of a quote-unquote running game. Yeah, and, and going back to that game, there's something that I think is, is under the radar and people have kind of forgot about. John Brown was hurt. And he tried to come back to that game. And I think he may have played the first series. And he was open. He dropped the pass. He, 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 was, he could barely walk and he tried to play in that game. John Brown's 100%. And it shouldn't be forgotten how important John Brown is to the offense in terms of big play potential. And, you know, to me, when you look at those receivers um, of – Diggs being right now a top five receiver. And then you have John Brown and you have Cole Beasley. I don't know the status of Cole Beasley. I can't tell. You know, it's so secretive. You know, he he caught seven passes his first game back off the injury in the first round of the wild card round. Then last week, zero. It looked like he couldn't walk. Now he's not even listed on the injury report. So I'm going to assume that he's ready to go. But I mean, if you have Diggs, who's a lead, John Brown, who can make those plays. Cole Beasley, who works the slot as good as anyone in the league probably right now, and and McKinsey, who takes those jet sweeps, and he does these end arounds, and he can make big plays as well. If you match that up, Cleveland last week, and everybody said, including you and I, that 
if Cleveland gets behind and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are taken out of the game and they got to throw Kansas City has them where they want them, well, that happened. And they couldn't cover they, – they couldn't stop them. I mean, they really – they won the game. Right, but let's not forget Higgins had that play hit the goal line that could have been, you know, ninety five percent of ninety nine percent of the time that's a that's a touchdown. He doesn't you know get hit and fumble and then you know it was a, it was a helmet to helmet type of play and people talking that it was a penalty and all of that stuff. But that should have been another touchdown. So even Cleveland without nearly having the quarterback play and the receiver play that the Bills have were able to move the ball up and down the field to the point of that Andy Reid didn't even want to punt the ball to them and let them have the ball from their own 10 with a minute and 10 to go, worried that they were going to drive down the field and score a touchdown and decided with their backup quarterback to go for it on fourth down. That's how, that's how, how little confidence he had in his defense. Okay, we could talk about how much confidence he has in his offense, but it doesn't say much about your defense that you're, 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 you're going for it on fourth down instead of punting the ball there. Now enter Josh Allen and those receivers. I just think the Bills are going to score a lot of points in this game, and uh, I'm worried with that injury to Mahomes if Kansas City is going to be able to keep up. So, uh, and, and, you, and you made a good point. Buffalo's defense is much better than it was when they met the first time around, and it's gotten progressively better and better and better as the season has gone on. So for all of those reasons, I love the Bills on tomorrow. I love it. All right. Fantastic. All right, so uh, you you want to take on some uh, some uh, player prop bets for this uh, for this weekend? Yeah, I, I think before before the specific player play uh, you know the player props, and I, I love two of them actually. Um, I'm just gonna you know just sprinkle in and give the people out there some DraftKings ideas in the two games, and you could tell me uh, what you think about it. Um, so the the first game, a couple of interesting guys. I think, are for Tampa Bay. I know you mentioned Scotty Miller, but I'm going to give out Tyler Johnson, who caught a crucial third down play, uh, a third and long to keep the drive going for, for Tampa Bay. And without Antonio Brown, and I do realize that Tampa Bay is going to play a lot of 12 personnel. Um, without Antonio Brown, I, definitely going to play a lot of 12 personnel. But Tyler Johnson outsnapped Scotty Miller last week. Um, and I think Tyler Johnson is an interesting, interesting player um, for for Tampa Bay uh, in this game. I think that he could be a guy completely off the radar that could make some big plays in the event that it becomes the type of game where you know it's more offensive. Uh, and Tampa Bay's throwing the ball a little bit more. So Tyler Johnson's uh, a, you know a guy, an interesting guy keep uh, an eye on for Tampa Bay and then moving to the other game a couple of guys even though as much as I just said I love Buffalo two interesting guys for the Chiefs are Sammy Watkins uh, I know you're not his biggest fan and I he's a very inconsistent player but here's the thing about Sammy Watkins why he's such a wonderful player to put in these sprinkles in these DraftKings lineups he may catch one pass for seven yards but he he, more, he may also have a big, big game, which is what he's done in the past. And he's been out of sight, out of mind. He makes his return this week. And if there is a lot of attention paid and White is covering Hill and the other guys are paying a lot of attention to Kelsey, I think there could be some big plays for Sammy Watkins. There's going to be a lot of play, big plays made in, in this game by both sides. 
I think Sammy Watkins. So just uh, just on that point, uh, I will let you know. Do you know who the leading receiver was in the first game when these teams played for the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, well, I, I I know this looking over the stats that like Kelsey was like held to like five for fifty, and Tyreek Hill had a quiet game as well. Uh, it could it was it Sammy Watkins? Uh, no, he didn't play in the game. It was actually Demarcus Robinson who caught uh, six passes for sixty yards in the ball game. So yeah, it, they were all, yeah, like you, like you were saying, you know, they were doing they were running the ball mostly, and I, I did notice that Kelsey and, and Hill were quiet. Okay, yeah, Robinson had the had the game had the better game. So yeah, I like I like the return of Watkins. I think he's interesting guy because I think that while he could you know not do anything I think at the price that he's going to be at he could have a a big game and then the other player is watch the injury report and if you see Edwards Allaire out for the game you have got to put Darwin Thompson in your lineups he's the guy out of all of those guys in there right now even Edwards Allaire with an injury He's the most explosive guy in that backfield, and he was utilized in Game 17, in Week 17. I know it didn't it didn't matter, but it was the one game that he started and had a lot of playing time, and he looked electric. So if you see, Le'Veon Bell, I think is already on the wrong side of questionable, and if Edward Delaire is also out or is going to be limited, Darwin Thompson, I think, is a much sprinkled is a guy that you much much you have to sprinkle in your in your DraftKings lineup. So those are my like off the radar guys. So before we get into the player props, do you have any thoughts? I guess you're starting off with Scotty Miller for Tampa Bay. Any other players in that game? Yeah. You tell us, uh, so so, so yeah. I I like Brait and I like uh, you know we talked about John Brown. He's also on my player props. I, I like Brait on in that particular in that particular game. I think he's a guy that you need to play uh, for the reasons that you talked about last week. He's the guy going on more pa- pass routes. So I see him having a you know a, a contribution in this ball game. And John Brown has just become a bigger key. Gabriel Davis is nicked up. As you mentioned, we don't know what the situation is with Cole Beasley. But I could see John Brown actually being the best uh, receiver for for the uh, Buffalo Bills in this particular game. Josh Allen looked at him very often last week. So that's the direction that I would go in uh, in, in the two games. Those are the two players that I would want in my lineup. I, I, I you know, I just, just, just have a feeling that John Brown could have one of these kind of eight for 95 type games, uh, which he's very capable of in this offense. And how about some under the radar guys and that, you know, is there Kansas City, anyone on that side? So, you know, it's it's interesting for Kansas City, uh, you know, last week they got him involved very early and then they didn't get him involved again. But McCall Hardman, uh, who caught, I think, three or four balls on that in the first couple of drives over 50 yards. And then we didn't hear from him the rest of the game. You know, he is a difference maker. You know, you mentioned Watkins in this particular game and the attention that those other players. But, you know, we do know, especially last season, but Cole Hardman had the capability to kind of bust open a game with, with a big, big play, you know, a 40, 50, 60-yard touchdown down the field. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get, kind of get him the ball down the field at some point in this particular game. You know, and, and, if, you, and, and if you see Bell out and Edwards Allaire limited, are you on the Dolman Thompson uh, yeah, as well. I would agree with you, especially if you if the game goes the way you think it's going to go. I think Thompson is an excellent player. Le'Veon Bell's done. 
I, I'm sorry to say this to everyone, but Le'Veon Bell is a done football player. He's done. And, and, and you know, you talked about Darrell Williams coming into the game. I know you drafted him in our playoff draft as well. You kind of felt that he was going to be the guy that you wanted to own last week. I had had a couple of friends that said, oh, Le'Veon Bell time. Jet fans, of course. Le'Veon Bell time this week with no Clyde Woods delay. I said, you guys got the wrong guy. I said, it's Darrell Williams, not Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is finito. Uh, he's had a wonderful little career here, made some stupid mistakes, but he is done as a football player as far as I'm concerned. I agree completely. And, uh, you know, I made a good hit on the on the showdown game uh, last week with uh, Kansas City and Cleveland. And their pricing, I mean, I took such advantage of their pricing. In the game, I, and I don't understand it, like Le'Veon Bell – his salary now I'm not a hundred percent sure about it was like close to five thousand for salary. Daryl Williams two hundred dollars. <laughs> I could not believe what I was saying. I know that Andy Reid was gonna go with the guy that's been with his team longest, the guy that he trusts the most. I was completely sure if I could have made a, a, a bet against anybody and got odds that Darryl Williams was gonna outperform Le'Veon Bell, but he was two hundred dollars and then I just loaded them up with Hill and Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And I made a good hit in the game because of the bad pricing. And I think I'm going to do something similar with Darwin Thompson this week. As I just feel like Darryl Williams is, you know, is a good player. But Darwin Thompson, if, especially if Alaire is limited or certainly if he's, if he's not going to play, is the one guy that has that explosiveness and uh, – he, this could be the type of game where they really need, they need to use him. So that's how I'll under the radar guys for the DraftKings. And let's get the player props. You go first. How many? Just give me a, a number. How many player props? Both games combined. Do you love this week? Yeah, I got I got six that I love this week. Um, yeah, and there's kind of a variety of them. So uh, so I'll, I'll go into the ones that I love. Um, I, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to have to win this game through the air. Over 279 and a half yards passing. Uh, the cold weather doesn't seem to impede him too much. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of what I'm looking for in this particular game. On the flip side, I'm going to go under with Tom Brady, 289 and a half yards. Uh, I think you will see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers attempt to run the football to keep Aaron Rodgers off the football field. As I mentioned earlier, Ronald Jones did have 113 yards the first go around. Fournette's actually playing pretty well. So those two in, in, in the in the particulars uh, of the passing game, uh, I'm going with Josh Allen to rush over 33 and a half yards. You know, I'm going to stick with it. Last week, he did not have a good rushing game, but I think in this particular game, he'll have to utilize his legs quite a bit more. I'm trying to determine between one of these two bets, which to do with Mike Evans, whether it's under 63 and a half yards or under four and a half uh, catches, which is what I did last week. I actually did the catches. I'm trying to determine which one makes more sense, but I like both of them. I also love over over fifty two and a half yards for John Brown, uh, receiving yards this particular in this particular ball game, and and the last one is Cameron Brait to go over twenty seven and a half yards receiving. So those are my prop bets for this week. Fair enough. So let me just mention a few that I like, but I'm just I'm not going to play because I'm just going to play the two that I absolutely love. I think that somebody has made a big big bet on Travis Kelsey yardage and now I think that line is out of whack I like under Travis Kelsey yardage at 94 and a half he 
has not done it too many times this year. He's had a lot of catches, a lot of 70s and 80s. But that line is out of whack. I think it started off in the 80s, and somebody must have teed off and made a good bet. Now that price is wrong as far as I'm concerned at 94.5. I just think that's an outrageous that line, and uh, especially if Kansas City doesn't have a healthy Pat Mahomes and they try and do the same thing they did the first time and run the ball a lot. So I like the under there. I, I wouldn't play it because I have so much respect for Pat Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey. And if, I, if I'm if i right about the game that Buffalo has a good lead in this game and they're in control, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton Kansas City. So he may accumulate some of that in garbage time. But I, I think the line is wrong, so I'm playing. I'm gonna, I, I, I lean to the under in that. Let me get to the two that I love. Uh, last week, I, I bet under Gronkowski two and a half receptions. And I bet under Gronkowski, 28 and a half yards, and I hit on both. <clears throat> Rob Gronkowski has played nine um, road games this year, two against the Saints and seven other teams. The only time that Rob Gronkowski has not had 29 receiving yards on the road were the two games against the Saints. He's had 29 yards receiving every game that they played on the road where the opponent wasn't the Saints. Now, I was under on him last week. I know you're you know, thinking the same thing, but I'm going over Gronkowski this week, especially with Antonio Brown out. They're going to be playing a ton of 12 personnel, and I think at the end of the day, you know, he's a guy that they feel Brady has such a comfort level with. They missed him on a few big connections last week, so I'm going to play over 28 and a half yards. He's 7-0 and against teams not named the Saints on the road. And then the other one is one that I am so confident in. Over 7.5 receptions for Stephon Diggs. Kansas City is going to give him so much respect. His route running, his suddenness, his, 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 his quickness in, 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 in short, in, in, in tight spaces, is going to lead to double-digit receptions for Stefan Diggs. I'm not sure about the yards. He may catch 10 for 85. I mean, his, the, the total on yards is, is, is in the mid-90s as well. I think it's exactly the same thing as Kelsey, 94.5. But I am loving over 7.5 in a game where, like you mentioned, I mean, they run just once in a while, just, I guess, for the, you know, the sake of it. They have no desire to run the ball a lot. He's throwing the ball a ton, and you know he's going to get so many targets, and Kansas City does not have a corner that could even come close to covering Stephon Diggs. So I am absolutely all in on Stephon Diggs over seven and a half receptions tomorrow. So, so there's one other bet that I was kind of going back and forth with. I haven't pulled it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. And the fact that the Packers actually ran all three guys as much as they did last week, they utilized, I mean, everybody kind of split some time in that particular ball game. And we talked about Tampa Bay. We know what we did during the season. Many times we faded rushing uh, guys, rushing yardage totals uh, against the Tampa Bay defense. And, and actually it was a very effective and winning strategy. 62 and a half yards for the uh, for, for Aaron Jones is kind of a big number if you look at both of those factors. You mentioned that you think that this game will probably have to be won on, on, the, on the arm of Aaron Rodgers, but I thought that line at 62 and a half was a little elevated. I know, I know Jones ran off a, a, a big uh, run play last week uh, against, uh, against the Rams, but 
I, I don't know. That seems that seems a very lofty number given the fact that they're using all three guys and the Tampa Bay defense is the elite rushing defense in the NFL. And I'm right with you on that. Um, if you look at Aaron Jones's total numbers, it's not indicative of the type of game he had rushing the ball because one Aaron Donald, who, you know, is the best defensive player in the NFL, was barely on the field. Two, he broke loose on one big run, which kind of, like, skews the, 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 the bottom line number for Aaron Jones. Three, A.J. Dillon got hurt in the game, so it ended up leading to more carries to Aaron Jones that probably they planned on giving to A.J. Dillon. So with the fact that A.J. Dillon is back, Tampa's defense is fully healthy, um, and I don't feel they're going to give Aaron Jones a lot of carries in this game. I'm right with you. I mean, you know, there are some unders that look really good. And I know, like, people, both games are total or in the 50s. And, you know, they're talking about these four great quarterbacks. And they are. But I don't see it. I, I, I don't see that yardage for Kelsey. I don't see that yardage rushing to Aaron Jones. So I'm, I'm, I'm right with you on that. I think uh, – it'll take another long, long run. And I, when you're playing over, you know, on rushing, you know, usually you're just figuring, you know, a guy counting on getting five, six yards of carry and maybe a 15-yard run here. In, in this game, if you're playing over on Aaron Jones, I think you're going to have to get another big, long run. And odds are that's not going to happen because I just don't see him getting those five, six yards a carry, and, and if he's not starting off running the ball well, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be stubborn about sticking with the run when he realizes he needs to get to the Super Bowl. So for all of those reasons and the ones you mentioned, I'm with you on Aaron Jones under. All right, fantastic. So uh, it should be a great day of football. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I think these are the two uh, the four best teams that, that are remaining. They've they've certainly played like it. They've all been red hot. Uh, it should be a really fun day. I do love the fact that these games start later. You can enjoy most of your Sunday and then settle into two wonderful football games uh, with four very, very solid teams. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the matchups tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to be, uh, they, they figure, they figure to be terrific games and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of unknown and uh, excitement. It's not like, you know, stuff that's happened in the past where, you know, you have this home team that's been dominant all year and they're like an 11 and a half point favorite. Honestly, I will not be shocked no matter what the Super Bowl matchup is, um, you know, come, come, come late Sunday night. But uh, it figures to be, as you mentioned, just terrific football. All right, fantastic. Well, Wiz, enjoy the games. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We've had a, we've had a lot of fun doing this. We're going to keep coming at you as, as the off season progresses. But uh, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, been a fun fun talking about these teams all year long, and uh, like I said, excited for some football. So, Wiz, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the football, and we will catch up next week. You do the same. Thank you.